Hey, pretty pumped about this week's podcast. I've got with me the man that is the head coach of Jillaroos, Brad Donald. How are you, mate? Yeah, really good, mate. Thanks uh, for having me. Looking forward to talking a little bit about women's sport and the Jillaroos. I'm really excited to hear how a guy got that gig. Let's rip in. Welcome to the Body Science Podcast. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat, prevent, or manage any injury, disease, or other health-related condition. Welcome to Body Science HQ, the world of fit, happy, healthy. And with me, the man that is head coach of the Jillaroos, Brad. How are you, brother? Yeah, really good, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, let, let's let's not muck around here. There's a male in charge of a female national sporting team here. Let's get a bit of bio on you, a bit of background as to why you're the man that's running. And you're heading out of the World Cup with... Yeah, we are, mate. We're off to the World Cup in like five or six weeks' time. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, look, I've, mate, I'm a bit of an accidental expert. And uh, I, I use like the, that. I use the word <laughs> expert very loosely. There's not a, you know, there's not a book on this stuff. Generally, like I've, I've been involved in the game for 20 years. Yep. So I was a development officer, got a really strong passion for grassroots footy. Kids play footy. I was, I loved footy. I was a shitty footy player, but I uh, loved it. So, mm. you know, captain coached around the country and you know, got involved in an NRLW, uh, sorry, in an NRL system in, in Canberra. Loved it. I moved to I moved up here in in 2010 with a promise that I'd have some some coaching opportunities as well as being the the coach and development manager for the QRL. Yep. So and and pretty much what happened was I got asked to go and coach a women's side and I was like pretty naive at the time and I was I, to, I wasn't that happy to be honest because I was sort of thinking you know like oh, I was sort of thinking about a Q Cup gig or yep. or something like that and anyway I thought I'll, I'll see how it goes and well I went out to the first session that was full of Jillaroos and, and players that had played the, the game for a long time Tani Norris Karen Murphy and I was just blown away by how coachable they were how humble they were and what they didn't have access to that I'd had access to as a community rugby league player so that sort of started the the passion for for being involved with the the women's game pretty much mate and from that you've stayed in that role yeah no so that was just like a it was a southeast queensland yep. team team role and look if you, you're going back to the to the ideal of uh you know probably a female coaching a female like karen um karen murphy probably the greatest player that's ever played the game you know very high ranking police um officer or more than an officer she ran the integrity unit at the nrl for for the last seven or eight years and now she's been appointed as the um head coach at the Gold Coast Titans. So, you know, this is a lady that's got a lot of experience. And and before I took the first session with these girls, I'd actually said to the to the boss, I said, well, why isn't there a, a female coaching females? You know, like it just made a bit of sense to me. And, yeah. and he said, oh, well, the next sort of the, the next person to retire who's got a, a great rugby league brain would be, be Karen. Why, why don't you invite her in and, and and ask her why you know like ask her if she's interested so pretty much i just said to her like why isn't there a female coach and she, and she just like she's a really quiet sort of person but she sort of almost barked back at me like going, well we don't care if you're male or female we just want the best person that coaches How that? you know and i just went okay right and and even knowing what i know now mate like i'd like some females will be great in a male area of of coaching in sport yep. where they need more nurturing and support where which generally females give and some males it just depends on your personality like really got to be a great communicator a great listener you got to have really good eq to to coach females i think and and you know that's that's probably how i've you know sort of stayed in it now for nearly 13 years took the national gig on in 16 and and yeah looking forward to the world cup this year yeah i was talking to troy from the male side yep the other day and i, and I hung around at the titans the other day and watched the 
the female game. That is a very fast and hard-hitting game of football. How did sports science change from what we do with guys in rugby league where there's, what, 100 years of history to fall back on to, I mean, obviously touch football and those type of sports have had a lot to do with handling of the ball and knowing how to throw the ball and running lines and stuff. But how did we go to playing contact sport with the girls in your Because I assume it wasn't let's just pick 20 girls that want to go out and tackle each other. It, it's very much a positional sport. Yep. It's understanding how the game flows. Yep. How did, and obviously you're, you're a rugby league coach, how did we bring, because the, the female game is very different. The ball's thrown a lot more, yep. I thought, and, you know, they're running way different lines to what the guys are running. It was it was a really, I really enjoyed watching it. Is, is that tactical or is that just the girls, the way they think? What What is it that's making the game different? But I'm trying to get to how do we, I really want to get to, you know, like who, who's supporting you and your role and, yeah. and, and, and all that area. But I'm trying to get to, from a sports science perspective, running a male for that 40-odd minutes and running a female for that 40-odd minutes and the two different games they're playing. Yep. They're very different athletes. Yeah, look, we, we've had to learn a lot. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot in what you just said. The first thing is, is that the game is look. We had to make the game different. You know, yeah. there's a there's a there's a catch cry. Same game our way. The girls are different. We in 2016 we got the Gillaroos together. The, there was 35 uh, like trialists, and we asked them. We said, "How many of you guys are in regular uh, strength and conditioning programs?" And we only had eight hands go up. Is that right? So this is this is back in 2016. Yeah. So we've actually had to expedite this so quickly. So when you talk about sports science, all of the things that go into being an athlete, nutrition, recovery, a lot of our players just weren't aware of that. So the international game is 80 minutes. It's the World Cup will be played in 80 minutes. When we played in 2017, we had three-day turnarounds, which is crazy because, you know, like our our men – we aren't allowed to do that and they're full-time athletes. So we had to introduce them to a lot of the, the sports science stuff. And and then on the on the back of the Rugby League World Cup success in 2017, we started the, the NRLW. And a lot of people were like, oh, why is there only, you know, four teams? Now, that has a lot to do with like, and we played 30-minute halves to start with. It was really player-driven by the, the elite girls or the girls at the very top that they wanted to put the best product on the paddock. Great idea from them, you know, like they, they pushed it really hard. And, and you mentioned before there, like, you know, not taking anything away from the wonderful athletes that play other sports like AFL and 360-degree sports, but you can put a fit lady into a lot of those positions without them getting injured. You yeah. can't put a fit lady in the front row. You can't put a fit lady in to play hooker. Like, you've actually got a specific set of skills that you've got to play. And, and I do know that we've got that across others, but that generally makes it harder for us to, to grow the game because we've actually got to grow different types of players in different positions and they've all got different different needs. Speaking of the needs, and obviously the clubs have a lot to do with what happens with you when you get them at the Gillaroos end, are the clubs really supportive of putting together the programs to help you then put the national team together? Yeah, look, only only from from this year because we actually ran the a top 40 program from 2016 where we basically trained them remotely. Okay. Um, but How was that? Yeah, look, it's, it's tough. Mm. You know, like, you know, you're playing a team sport, but, you know, we, we had a probably one of, the, one of our best athletes was in Gladstone. She played in the 2017 World Cup final and did a great job, but she had the best results and she was the one that adopted absolutely everything when it came to training and when it came to sports science. And But remembering we play a team sport, 
she had to go out and she had to actually go out and, and train herself, you know. So pretty hard to go out and, and push yourself as hard as you can when you, you were by yourself and you used to being in a, in a team sport. That's a tough gig. Yeah, yeah. And so it was the introduction of the extra teams in the NRLW and we've had two seasons this year because last year got cancelled. Um, so we've got a really good lead into the World Cup this year. Love it. So just stepping back to the clubs for a second and, and the growth of it in, in that space, are you consulting back to the clubs a lot on what they need to look at and what they need to do to grow this competition? Yeah, look, there's a lot of learning on the run. Like that's that's what happened for us. Yeah. And so us to share that knowledge with uh, the clubs has been a really important part. So um, we've sort of transitioned from where I had a couple of staff and we ran the, the program for the 40 girls where we're now sharing our, our knowledge and experience and we've done a lot of research with Griffith University on, you know, things that I never thought I'd be talking about, the menstrual cycle and, and how that impacts on our athletes and injury. You know, yeah. I, I just think of a, a really simple, we're sitting around hearing about the menstrual cycle for the first time and I was half tuned out and I just, I, I actually captured the lecture standing there and says oh look if you anamenorrhoeic where you don't have your um your period you're seven times more likely to have some bone issues yep. and and i just sort of went wait hang on can can, can i just ask you girls here if, have any of you is does, does this like apply to any of you guys and two hands go up yep. and it was two of our better better athletes and it was two athletes that had really had issues with like i think one had had five fractures and one had had four broken bones there you go. and and you know it's almost like a rite of passage as a female athlete that you think that you train so hard that you lose your period and we've found out since and then this is the stuff that we share with clubs so from a from a physical performance point of view and then it's a whole new world when we start talking about the, the psychology of the girls being different to the guys and, and, and clubs are finding that, that out the quick way. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Tom Green, Olympic champ from Tokyo. And if you want the best tasting protein bars on the market, you should try the new Body Science Moose Range. Greg, you better be testing those. Mate, they're getting drug tested, got you covered. At the moment, like in all honesty, are they just picking up male models and putting a circle in a square or have they been really open to thinking? I mean, it is hard to make dramatic change and we're talking clubs have been around forever like yeah this is the way we've done it forever are you having a lot of issues in that space oh i think it's like clubs are sort of suck it and see yeah. like it's a suck it and see type approach but you know they definitely taken things on board like there are things in a girl's environment which are really really big issues that aren't in the guys like yeah. if i go back to the first training session that i had with that female team back in 2010 the training session was planned for two hours and it was over in an hour and a half but then every single player lined up and was like, G'day coach, I'm such and such and, and had a bit of a story and a bit of a, and they, they wanted that connection. Yep. And I, after about an hour and a half, there was one girl and she was off and she was moving around and I could tell she wanted to talk to me and I finished up the second last one and, and she comes over and she goes, oh, G'day coach, you know, I just want to let you know, like I put on a little bit of weight and I go, oh, okay, do you want, um, do you want me to help you with it? Like a nutritionist? Oh, no, I've got a couple of injuries. Okay, what about a physio? No, 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 just oh, mentally I'm not going, psychologist? No, 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 no. So like she's throwing all these things at me and and in the end she's just full of tears grabs me says can't wait to play for your coach gives me a big hug and then just walks off and yep. leaves me there scratching my bloody head you know and i jumped in the car and i rang my wife and i said sorry i'm two hours late you know like you wouldn't believe what happened and she goes you know you're a bullfed because i tell you this all the time you know like girls just want to be listened to you know you yep. don't have to fix all their problems yep. so you know just little things like that that i've learned along the way is like is what these clubs are you know i, I get these these male coaches that have been involved in the male game for a long time 
time, all of a sudden coaching females going, man, they need some feedback. And and I go, well, they ask for feedback, but really what they're asking for is they're asking for reassurance yep. because generally females have got low self-confidence. I could ask you to name 10 egotistical male athletes and you'd be able to name 20, yep. but I'll guarantee you can't get past five when it comes to a female athlete. Yep. So, you know, they're just wired differently and, you know, there's a lot of learnings in that stuff. So, Brad, we had Troy on the other day and we talked about how do they get the team over to the UK um, logistically, gyms, recovery, all things happen. And I'm really keen to see the difference between the males and the females here. And I know this could be a topic of opening a can of whoop ass, and I hope I'm not. Like, no, I hope no, we're, no, we're no. playing the same ground. But, you know, he, he talked about do you get the whole team together before they go? So it, we're traveling as one team over to the UK? Yeah, look, pretty much everything that we do, we normally travel with the kangaroos. And the only reason that we wouldn't, uh, that we're not this this time around is because we, we don't start our tournament till a, a week and a half later. So, but everything's the same. We have our medicals on the same day. The we we travel the same as the boys, you know. Like I, I think the, the the girls are going to be in for you know quite a shock, a, a business class yep. seat. So they some, should get two, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. You know, many many people would uh, love to turn left when they get on that big <laughs> aeroplane. So, but it's all about performance and making sure that we're doing the same as as the as the guys. And 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 you, you bring in the light control in the food control, all the things with the airlines that they're doing as well. Absolutely, yeah, that is unreal. Yeah, yeah, like the the light um, the white light glasses. Yep. The, the noise cancelling headphones, the mm. the sleep times. You know, we've had it. We've got a sleep doctor coming in. We we're coming into camp here on the on the Gold Coast in um, a, a week before we leave. So mm. we're going to be in for a bit of a shock because uh, we're <laughs> going from here to York uh, is going to be it, it, quite a challenge. Having that stuff taken care of will allow the girls to just the same as the guys be able to get off the plane. Their first training session, they'll be out there as the their best as possible, and their first game they they will be as well. Yeah, and you guys sharing gyms and stuff or you're in different parts of the country? Yeah, we're actually in different parts of the, the country. We're set up in York. Uh, Mal and Troy actually did uh, did, a, did a recce and um, we, we didn't we didn't uh, end up going because we had a couple of other um, a, a couple of other things going on but um, you know they spent some time in York making sure that the, the gym facilities at the university the World Cup does a lot of that stuff for us. Yeah. You know Mal's been huge in terms of this making this equality as well. I remember getting interviewed by him and let me tell you I was like pooping me dax you know <laughs> Like the big fella sitting opposite me, um, you know, asking you know, really straight questions about where the women's game should be because yep. he had a view that he wanted the Jillaroos to be treated exactly the same as the kangaroos. So, you know, uh, he, he's been a driving force behind this as well. Yeah, he's, he's a great asset in rugby league. And I, so good to see that, you know, Mal's sharing the joy of what you do at the same level as what the guys are doing in a sport that's been dominated by guys for 100 years. Like, let's pretend that doesn't exist. But it's really great to see that these girls have got a fair chance of bringing home the uh, silver. Yeah, mate. Look, both of our teams do, and um, there's there's an expectation that we do. You know, yeah. like that's that goes with part of our you know our excellence as a value that, that we do, and and we give them the best opportunity to bring it home. So there is an expectation that when you pull that jersey on, that you perform your best and you'll bring the trophy home. Love it. And so, what does your support team look like for the Gillaroos? Like, yeah, look, we've got uh, a couple of a couple of um, assistant coaches, very similar to Mal's, you know, and and the Kangaroos, male um, or female. Yeah, at the moment, we're a lot more. Female female mm -hmm. and um you know like that's one of the things that i would like I'll, I'll be proud of when i can hand over the reins as the national coach to a to a female i think yep. we've done some you know i said before there it doesn't matter if it's male or female it's the right person but yep. i also think you know you can't be what you can't see is one of the terms that's used in female sport and um you know we've now got two female state of origin coaches yep. i think so i'll have two female assistant coaches this year uh, and and 
pretty much, I think there's four male staff and we've probably got around about uh, nine or 10 female staff from physios, sports scientists, uh, performance manager, statisticians. So yeah, re- really opened up opportunities for females in, in our area as well. Yeah, nice. And you talked about um, Griffith Uni before starting some of that research with you. Who, how did that come about? Uh, our performance manager, Simon Buxton's a mm. bit of a nerdy bloke and um, he's, he's right That's in. What you want that space. Just yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> it, it, it is. And he'd hate me saying that, but um, you know, one of one of the things he'd come from the male space, and I remember him saying, "Look, I'll give you a couple of years, and you know, I want to jump back into NRL." And I said, "Mate, you know what? You you could become like one of the country's best experts in here, and he has, you yeah. know, like he's done a master's degree. Um, they've done a lot of work on on workload. They've done a lot of work on the menstrual cycle. They've done a lot of work on high speed running and the differences between males and females, and and turned the dials on the and how long the games go for. You know, our NRLW is up to thirty five minutes so he was the he was the person in there driving that um and and claire minahan at griffith you know good she, she? she she's absolutely she's sensational yeah. you know like we've got we've got a program for our indigenous athletes at the ais at the moment that claire opened the door for us to to take where we've got uh, 35 indigenous girls that are down there basically training like full-time athletes while claire and a, and a bunch of researchers are also doing some work on on research in females which because there isn't a great deal of work out there you know if it wasn't for people like Claire and, and two or three others in the country, would have nothing. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah. So she, you know, she's opened the door on a lot of that stuff, and it's been been fantastic for our program. And are we leading the way in the world in this space? Like a, as a small country playing a contact sport, we are. There's no. Yeah, we are, and, yeah. and they've published some papers on this, and th- that's the first thing we went looking for, or Simon went looking for in 2016. There was just no collision sport data on females. Yeah. So we're we're getting that on injury in, on injury injury prevention. Um, females are more likely to have ACL injuries because of the, the way that their body's built. You know, so, there's so many differences and 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 we are. We, we have started to lead the way, you know, and, and, and we're fortunate enough now to get around and talk to it. And look, one of the things in the female space that I've found in, in all sport, in, in all female sports, there's a great spirit of collaboration. Yep. So people don't mind sharing, whereas, and, and that's, that's sort of the sentiment across that, you know, that social structure too of, of, of the girls needing to get along. And, and that's sort of this environment where we need to get along and we're not stand out like guys do, you know. So, yeah, that's been a big difference as well. And are you getting together with the Wallaroos, for example, and talking about women in sport? Like a, is rugby league talking with union? And Because I noticed there's quite a few of the girls jump between yeah. both. Yeah, we, we, we certainly do. Um, a couple of years ago uh, during COVID, we coached, we went down and coached the, the Warriors side and we had a couple of the rugby sevens girls. Yeah. And we communicated a lot with John, who was uh, Manetti, who was coaching the the sevens program at the time, and we shared how we were preparing. And look, they, they do a fantastic job because they've been the they've been the only sport that's been full time, the only collision sport that's been full time for a, a long yeah. time here. So we're seeing a number of their athletes come across to to rugby league or even rugby fifteens, where it's very amateur um, in terms of what they get paid and how they train. And they've they've been great. But yeah, we 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 certainly share wherever wherever we can with the AFLW. Um, there's lots of there's lots of opportunities where our um, our hierarchy or even our performance managers share data. Simon spent a lot of time in in New Zealand with the Black Ferns, yep, um, and and learning from how they do things as well. So yeah, everybody's sort of much, much more open to sharing. That's awesome, mate. That is so good to hear. So what do the girls think of the future of rugby league for them? Yeah, I think um, it's an interesting one because we we're expanding, but every single time we expand, we're probably a, a step 
further away from it being professional because yeah. just because of, uh, I guess, the, the costs associated. So you go from six teams to 10 teams. That's 10 clubs now that have, are, are paying a salary cap. Yeah. Um, but we also need expansion so we can go professional because we need it to be year round. So um, there, there's young players that have come into the game now that we'll see the, that are professional. I think um, there's some pretty good models around the world in, in there's rugby, uh, rugby 15s in, in the UK is, is professional. Mm-hmm. Um, it's done a little bit differently, you know, like we're, we're here, we're replicating the the NRL franchises and um, in other places like the the NBA the the WNBA they haven't necessarily replicated those those franchises and in the in the rugby uh, there seems to be more tertiary institutions like rug, uh, uh, universities that are that are involved a couple of traditional rugby clubs as well so I think over the next few years what the we'll see is um, we'll see the more expansion and we'll be heading we're, we're sort of in the semi-professional phase and we're going to see more professional athletes um, as we head towards professionalism and and that's what the girls want but we've got a lot of work to do because we've got to we've got to build a whole big base underneath and and look participation numbers are going through the roof what yeah, a great time to be a female yeah, athlete there's so wrong. many opportunities totally it's awesome. yeah and mate I, I see it's you know the team is called the Harvey Norman Jillaroos. How how good have they been or how people don't talk about sponsors enough if you ask me in, in when it comes to sport. And you just said it's a it's a beast. Every time you start a new team, it, it takes resources that were previously. Yeah. Are people like Harvey Norman and is there is there anyone else that's really helping female sport? Like it should be thrown out there and cl- and applauded what they're doing. Yeah, look totally. Look, Katie Page has been at the forefront of the women's movement in sport, yep. I think, but we've been really lucky, and like even yourselves, you know, like you guys have been great to our to our program. You know, we've gone from a, a men's program, and and most of our sponsors were very similar. You know, like you go, oh well, we actually want to elevate the Jillaroos to the same capacity as the as the Kangaroos. Yep. That means that whatever those guys get, the girls will get, and and you know, BSC, Harvey Norman, the, these these people have really enabled us to do that. So we've we've been really really fortunate, mate, and. And, and, it, and without them and without their foresight to be able to, to do that, we, we certainly wouldn't be in the position we are today. Yeah. Look, just I'm, I'm not going to pick your brain too much, but I want to have a chat about the World Cup. Like yep. how many players you take away for that? Yeah, 24. Um, and it's a jersey, like mean everything to the girls. To, like, yeah, yeah. Too, too, too right. Like in yeah. any sport, you know, it, it's the pinnacle. It means you're the best player in that position at that time. And over the, over the last few years, we've done a really good job of, of making sure that anyone that, that gets one of those jerseys understands the responsibility that goes with it. You know, like we've got a, a set of values. You know, many organisations and sporting teams have values, but they're words in a drawer or words on a wall. But yeah. we talk to our athletes about what it means, you know, like our, our values are, are respect, inspire, selfless and excellence. And and we talk about what that means. And, and it means like once you get that jersey, you're forever a Jillaroo. Yeah. Uh, and, and Mal does a similar thing with the kangaroos. Like, so, you know, you might be in your Sunday worst or best and at the local coffee shop, you, you're, you're always a Jillaroo, so you're always on show. So our expectations on character is really high, yep. and because of that, and, and as, as as well as the on-field performance, so I, I think that those jerseys are re- held in very high esteem. And when we've got a great responsibility, there's been 159 Jillaroos that have played. Is the game right? didn't start till '95. Yeah, wow. there was a foundation team that played in '93 before that, but um, we've got a great responsibility to those to those ladies. That you know, some of those ladies sold cars to to pay for a seven thousand 
dollar trip to the 2000 World Cup in in the UK. So that's wow. what they they paid. So you know, just reminding our girls that we've got we want to forge the future and and send this thing professional, but we've also come a long way and we've got a lot of respect. We're standing on the shoulders of some giants way back there as well. That's amazing. That's amazing. So you're away for how long for the World Cup? Close to, uh, I think about seven, close to two months. Pretty similar to the boys. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the boys go uh, a week and a half before us and yep. they've got, we, we've got a, a four-day turnaround this time, which will be a bit better than the three days. Yep. But um, yeah, no, look, really looking forward to it. It's going to be interesting for our girls because I think we've only got three girls currently playing that played the... The, the last time that the Gillaroos played in the UK was 2013. Uh, it was the first time. Is that, that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So that was the that was the that was the World Cup, and it was the first time they beat the Kiwis, and and we won the World Cup in 13. So it's again one of the things that we 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 take for granted is we've been pretty successful against the Kiwis, yeah. against the Ferns, um, who were our greatest competition. Although the English are very strong as well as a France, but uh, there was a period of time between 95 and 2013 where we got a hiding. So you. Know, the Kiwis smashed us for a very, very long time, and, and getting some of our uh, ladies that are that were in those early teams to come in and talk about that is uh, oh, not, cool. not taking it for granted. Brad, thanks for coming in, mate. Like I always love talking about sport, and to be honest, I think you're the first female sport coach has been. Oh, that sounds terrible when I say that out <laughs> loud, but it's. Um, I mean, I love the Gillaroos. We've been a part of the team for as long as I can remember. It's really good to talk to someone who's so passionate about seeing not just their team grow or the, that national jersey, but you want to see the sport get to where it can go and the fact that you've got a legacy that you want to you want to see female coaches you want to i just congratulate you on what you've done mate like it's well done no thanks mate and like as always you know the support that you guys have given us have helped us be in this position so really appreciate it that's all good and um go get them girls